you've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker, one arc at a time. I'm Calvin. I've seen a lot of Star Wars. I'm Wyatt. We're at the fucked up Star Wars now, and we are watching it. And I'm Andy, and I've seen a little bit of Star Wars. Um, okay, Wyatt threw me for a loop. I mean, we just, we start with zombies, man. I know, oh my god. That, I can't, the the dead nice sister just like screaming will call no, my nightmares. No, I watched those episodes like literally 20 minutes ago. I've never known how to feel about that episode in particular. It's probably one of my least rewatched and I don't even think it's bad and I don't even dislike it. It's just like, wow, this is just murder for 20 brutal, minutes. Brutal, brutal. Um, anyway, I'm Andy. Um, I've seen a little bit of Star Wars. And y'all, yeah. I was so I was so close to accidentally watching that first episode of season five. And my ass was like, no, because yeah. I just had it going on. I mean, you know? like the only thing is that it spoils like a little bit of like stuff from. Yeah, but the, really the biggest problem is, is just straight up part of another arc yeah like yeah they that they was really a were just like i want to leave you guys on a cliffhanger so you will always be wondering what is happening well, so i believe that if i recall correctly that that was a cartoon network request was they wanted a bigger bang season premiere yeah mm-hmm. and also so they ended with darth maul and they wanted to start they wanted to like be like oh you just saw the end of darth or like the the cliffhanger of season four come back for season five yeah so and Lucasfilm was like, okay, but we need the rest of those episodes at the end of the season. We'll just dump the first one. Yeah. Well, it's like funny because I, w- I was thinking, I was like, man, they didn't want to start season five with the fucking Lux arc. I really oh. like those episodes, but no, the like um, the on episodes, episodes are, are, are Lux's good. best. It is funny. They are Lux's best, but Lux still sucks. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's just like every other character is so much better than Lux. Like, it's not even that he he just sucks by comparison. Like, even the two new characters, like the brother and sister that they introduced, I'm like, they are so <laughs> much more interesting mm-hmm. than him. Uh, a and sexy. Time. For today's Starbucks drink, or for, oh, yeah. so, so we're doing. Oh yeah, we're, let's get into that before we get into the heavy yeah, stuff. Yeah, real quick. So, <laughs> what character is getting Starbucks this week? Ahsoka is getting Starbucks. She's going on that Starbucks run. We know that she's getting Anakin's drink, his dark roast with his cream and sugar. Yeah. Um, for Padme, but also what she's getting for herself is, and I thought long and hard about this, and I've decided she's getting the kiwi starfruit lemonade refresher because coffee's for old people, right? She's like, coffee is for Rex. Like, I am not drinking coffee um so she's getting a refresher but the other refreshers like the strawberry one like they're too sweet they're too fruity no the kiwi starfruit refresher i don't know if you've ever had it but it's like tasting gasoline if you you know how you when you drink like an energy drink and you're like this is this could this could run my car that is what the kiwi (laughs) refresher tastes like and ahsoka is running on like six of those yeah do the kiwi starfruit refreshers have any caffeine in them yes they do they have caffeine in them (laughs) they're also like bright green like neon almost glowing Uh green it almost looks like something you could get in star wars 
Okay. It, lo- it looks like the Night Sisters like magic. <laughs> I don't go to Starbucks, cool. so like, no. I'm a barista in, in an investment banking headquarters. Like, literally, the coffee that I make is the coffee that I make for myself. Like, so, yeah, it's though this is terrifying. Like, yeah, bright green, and I was like, Ahsoka is a badass. She'd be drinking this. Yeah, but she's also like 16, so that's like peak shithead energy. Exactly. So bouncing off the walls. And Ahsoka literally can bounce off all of the walls. She's she's probably the springiest Jedi we see. Like she's always jumping. Well, mm-hmm. also there's these pe- well, it, it comes Yoda. with like yes. That's true. It comes with like pieces of like kiwi in it. And I imagine her like drinking the drink and then like eating the kiwi like mixed in with the crushed ice, just like arr, arr, arr. yeah, <laughs> like a crazy person. I love Ahsoka. She's old unhinged. Lore, old lore on her species has them as like evolving from carnivores, like the dominant predator on their planet. So sometimes people draw Ahsoka with fangs in fan art, and it's always very adorable. Like yeah, that's actually like so cute cool. little fangs. And uh, I think it's a nice touch, even though I'm glad she looks like a normal person in the show. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that. That's well, obviously, I didn't know that. That's that is I, I have to think about that, actually, a little bit more. I need to look at that fan art. I'll find one. There's an artist I really like who does it. And their art is good. OK, right. we can talk about the episodes. now. So this week on First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, we watched the end of season four and the almost beginning of season five. We watched Massacre, Bounty, Brothers and Revenge to finish up some of the you know lingering plot lines that had been left about the Ventress and Savage Oppress slash Maul arc. And then we watched the Onderon arc. A War on Two Fronts, Front Runners, The Soft War, and Tipping Points. So, in Massacre, there's not much to say about Massacre. Gen- uh, Count Dooku sent General the, Grievous to just, like, genocide. The title says it for the, itself. Yeah. I mean, it's like... It's one of the most self-explanatory episodes. It's, like, up there with Carnage of Krell. <laughs> it's just, like, strange genocide for 22 minutes, and you're just like, Wow. So this is what the Separatist Army is capable of, leaving Ventress alone as what she thinks is the sole. Uh, she thinks that she is the sole survivor of the Night Sisters. So in Bounty, Ventress teams up with Boba Fett to I don't know, like keep human trafficking alive. In this one, Ventress and Boba try to deliver a package to a corrupt king that winds up being his child bride and they have to deal with the repercussions of that cartoon network i say it once an episode (laughs) yep uh well we get into that discussion a little bit later in brothers and revenge savage oppressed keeps going on his little quest to find darth maul and lo and behold he finds him on a scrap planet in the outer rim somewhere and they bring maul back to sanity and he goes on a revenge quest against obi-wan which he ultimately he he fails this particular revenge quest but he's like no brother we will have time and we will have our revenge against the jedi wipe the credits i like also that they bring him back to sanity and he immediately goes on a murder spree his default mode is murder that's zabrak force wielding males for you i guess (laughs) (laughs) anyway in the big four-part onderon arc eve um, koth is just gonna go off one day (laughs) in the onderon arc um we see a 
Ahsoka joining a band of insurgents trying to rise up against the separatist powers on their planet. The insurgents are like, you know, supported by the Jedi, but they can't be explicitly supported by the Jedi because of political reasons. So they send Ahsoka kind of undercover to help them. And we meet Lux Monteri again and we meet Saw Gerrera and Ahsoka helps the Onderanian people rise up against their separatist oppressors, but not without cost. Massacre? Massacre. Yo, that was crazy. They were like, first of all, we're going to make you feel happy for Ventress. She's with her sister. She's got a friend. What's the friend's name? Taurus. Taurus. Oh, my God. I I was remembering like 10 episodes ago when we were talking about. um, Oh, my God. Who was it that we were talking about had Doctor Who side character syndrome? Of getting... Uh, of like getting like character, you know, some character development and then just immediately getting killed off. It was 99. It was 99 in the. um Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Because yeah. they were we were like, Doctor, they were given 99 a little too much screen time. Doctor <laughs> Who and Clone Wars do it all pretty much with the same regularity. Like you can equally track the doom of a care of a like a minor character by how, how much, much screen, screen time. time they're getting. Yeah, the same thing happens with Stila in um, Onderon. So like, but yeah, I don't know. Taurus got her Doctor Who side character moment. She's the one with the, uh, she has the, the really gay hair, right? Or- no, no, no. That's the second one that died okay. in Ventress's yes. arms. The first one has this little line where she's like, I'm glad like you're one of us, sister. I'm glad to, to, to be beside you, sister. And she says yeah. something like that to Ventress. And you're like, ooh, Ventress. They all think Ventress is cool. I'm happy for her. Yeah. And then. 15 minutes later, they're all dead. They're all dead. Although I will say good for General Grievous finally getting to wreck shop. He has not had a great series for actually winning. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is yeah, this is Grievous's like this is this is no shadow warrior. Yeah. Oh, my God. At the beginning of season three, the same episode where 99 died, like that was the episode where Grievous and Ventress like teamed up to fight Camino. And oh, that's I an don't interesting remember point. Grievous getting a good role in that either. So, well, they got they were snippy at each other. So it was kind of funny to see them be like, I've hated you for years. Imagine if you got to fight your least favorite co-worker. Mm-hmm. Basically what happened. I was not a fan of the voodoo doll that did not sit. I, didn't, I thought that was weird and un- unneeded. Mm-hmm. for the episode yeah it's a weird yeah. again generally i like different force traditions i do think this is the like leaning too hard into the magic aspect when most of the time it's just a cool sort of different yeah. interpretation and use of the force yeah i just I'm, i didn't i'm not a fan of the zombies personally they that's, go very that's hard what, that's yeah. what that's what draws the line for me where i'm like this is a little bit too much weirdness with the force I, I just felt like it was a little overdone is my thing. Like, I just feel like I've seen these tropes before. I've seen weird. I've seen the voodoo doll thing before. I've seen even I've seen the zombie thing before. Not necessarily in Clone Wars, but just in general. We um, have seen it in Clone Wars, though. We had the brainworms. Yeah. And so the thing that I like about Clone Wars is I feel like. But the brain worms were interesting. Like the brain yeah. worms were new. And I, I something I like about the Clone Wars is I feel like they are they can be really innovative. And I just feel like the Night Sisters deserved a little more innovation here. Or at least more than one episode's worth of delving into like the intricacies of their magic. Yeah. Because like in the Night Sisters arc in season three, the most we saw of their magic was like number one, like cleansing Ventress of her past sins, I guess. And, and like they make 
making Savage jacked. And then making yeah. Savage jacked. Yeah. And like those can all be explained away by the force and them using the force in their specific way to well, I, I make other the, beings more powerful. I love the water aspect too. Like the way they sort of channel the force through the, the like magic water and it fits with a theme we will see way more as we go further into Star Wars, which is just the force, the natural force, the force of of like the natural world, which is a thing I really enjoy. And then it just was like have they were just they got too witch happy. Yeah. Overall, I, I'm really like the episode was good. It was hard to watch for sure, just because I love Dathomir and I didn't want to see everyone die. But, you know. C'est la vie. <laughs> the happens, uh, like guess. hanging graves of the Night Sisters, the like sort of <gasps> pod mm-hmm. things. I will Crazy. say, when we're talking about inventiveness, fucking terrifying. Oh yeah. my like, god, just unsettling stuff. Oh my god, no. I mean, like I'll I'll mention the video game Jedi Fallen Order again, but like that's one of the most terrifying aspects of that game is just like the undead Night Sisters just like coming down at you from above, and you're just like. Ah, I forgot. So they about introduced this. a lasting ecological threat with this episode. Mm-hmm. Fun. <laughs> you imagine yeah. just being a mouse on Dathomir and you're like, fucking hell, I have to worry about zombies now. The movie Also, an interesting Dathomir. thing is that just to, I don't remember actually if this is ever followed up on, but the planet of Dathomir, the galaxy's preeminent matriarchy, now only has the Night Brothers left. Yeah. Because Ventress immediately fucks off. Yeah. As she should. But that was so hard, though, that moment of Ventress, like reaching out and the mother just like ghosts in off. And then she's like, I have to leave. One of us left. That was so painful to watch. I just I love Ventress so much and I really want her to find happiness somewhere. Um, And it's luckily this is followed up like go home. This is followed up by one of the best Ventress episodes. I love Bounty. (laughs) Oh, my God. Literally, like one of I think the best episodes I've seen so far. First of all, Boba's in it. Boba is looking like a clone, which was mm-hmm. great. This is, I think, because he's got the shaved head, and with that, like comparing him specifically to the Rex model that they've updated for uh, his new design, he's I, I definitely see it, and it's it's cool. Well, also, it's his a nice like touch. temples were yep. a little more shaped. Like there it's was the, just definitely the exact more of that, same like, way Rexes are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the face structure really was like I, I was seeing Rex, and it was really great. Um. I love all of Boba's lines were just fucking like good. They were taught. They were funny. I, lo- I love Boba in this episode. I just feel like his his like attitude. 10 out of 10. Like I said last time, I would love to see a, a Boba Soka, a Bosoka episode. But Ventress was really the one who like shined here. Oh, my gosh. Another pretty alien girl. 10 out of 10. Her and her brother are so cute. Love that little moment. Oh, my yeah. God. Sexy pink alien girl, too. We're really just like. Oh, you got the leaf girl. Lots of Razzie. So, so many she, like. She shows up a few more times, I think. I, I, I enjoy when we get like a new bounty hunter because they always show back up. Is Have we seen Bosk before? I feel like we have. Yeah, yeah. we have. Bosk was, was in like, the first Boba arc. Right. He worked with Aura Singh, but he was he was he wasn't like Aura yeah. was really mean to Boba and the other guy sucked. But Bosk was just sort of there. Yeah. Being a bounty hunter. He's yeah. like, ah cash money and so Bobo's like oh cool I can still I I don't have I don't harbor hatred for you let's work together I mean like I'm always I'm always gonna be uneasy and hateful when trend oceans show up on screen they do skin skin Wookiees but uh they do oh my god I didn't know that 
Spoilers. Yeah. No, that, that was, was from the hunting episode. Alone episode. That oh. was uh, that yeah. was why the Wookies were the ones. Or oh. That's why they kidnapped Chewbacca because right. they were going to hunt him. I forgot him. about that. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Well, and that's also. I will say it a piece of old lore as well. So it's something that if the series expected a Star Wars dork to know, so it wasn't particularly explained well. Whereas for the general viewers, just like, look, Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. But we also see Dengar, uh, which is fun. He's I think he's voiced by somebody like the 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 bounty hunter with the armor and the head cover. And mm-hmm. he is voiced by Googling it as we speak. This is a great podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Simon Pegg. Wow. Who is that? Uh, he's a well-known actor. He he's Scotty in the new Star Treks. He's in uh, oh. he's in Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. He's he's in all of Edgar Wright's. He's in a lot of Edgar Wright stuff. Um, oh, okay. He actually is a friend of J.J. Abrams, so he's in Force Awakens. Of course, in a, cre- in a creature role. Yeah, well, so and Bosk and Dengar are two bounty hunters who were originally introduced in the original movies. So that's why yeah. they exist and why it's sort of fun to see them but also just like about this episode this is i think the hardest the design team ever went for one random episode the train i like i'm pretty good at and and i'm sure some of it was cleverly reused sets but like it didn't really look like it and there's a lot of stuff going on here i think the train might be the same as the coruscant like subway but like still uh-huh. there was some crazy stuff going on all new creatures two like two whole new species the uh the sort of the like fish people the fish people with the weird mouths yeah i'm doing a, i'm doing the mouth thing at the zoom but nobody can see it um because as always podcast is an audio yeah, medium so no that well and it, I can it's see interesting it. how so there was the two fish guys there was the like general guy who was like very like i i am a soldier i do my duty and then the creepy ruler guy and it was cool how they were still able to convey like everything about who they were through the design as you would like with a human Mm -hmm. even though they were weird fish people i was just obsessed with this episode it was so good i love the end i love how it ends i love I love Ventress fucking yeah, I fucking really loved dropping it. off Boba is so funny. <laughs> no, yeah. you, In my D&D campaign, we tied up one of our characters to try to get a cursed necklace off her. And I was reminded of that when we were watching because it's just the same thing happened where she's just jumped immediately to, OK, we, we tie up the teenager and we stuff him in a box. Mm-hmm. I would like to note also for like thinking about Boba's character development throughout the series when he note when he learns what's in the box or who's in the box, he reacts like visibly. Yeah. He's not happy about it. So it's an interesting thing with regard to his moral Ventress compass. Ventress seems okay with it, but at the same time, she, you know, does go to work to exploit it for her own benefit. I do love how at the beginning, Ventress, or like in the middle, when it was just Ventress and Boba, Ventress was like, I'm going to take half because there's only two of us. But then she, at the end of the episode, hands the briefcase full of credits to plant girl and she's and it opens it and there's only like you know one sixth of the credits taken away because number one she does have the credits from the people but also like you know she's still honorable and she is 100 percent fucking with boba for her own amusement like she's just having fun with that because like I don't know. I feel like it's very venturous to bully an annoying 16 year old who is technically your boss well also she definitely like 
she doesn't leave. It was really cool. She's still with them in the next episode. And I thought that was really cool is that she like, I assumed she would just like fuck off, but she was still mm-hmm. with Plant Girl. Um, yeah, I think bounty hunters, even though when they fuck each other over, still end up working on jobs together. I think the implication is that Boba is still making his way back to go yell at her. But uh, yeah, because he makes it back to the main group by the time of Dark Disciple. But like, yeah, but that's, that's way it. down the road. Yeah, that is, I think that is post season six. six. Yeah. So that's yeah. After we've seen Ventress again, we'll talk about Dark Disciple later and whether we want to do an episode on it. Um, <laughs> I think I think with the stuff Andy's been saying, we have to. I can have my mom mail me my copy. Andy, do you want to read a book for this episode for, for, for this podcast? I'll it's about Ventress. I'll, oh, yeah, probably. OK, you can do an audiobook. I'll. Yeah. OK, we'll, we'll, we'll talk into, about that later. I'll let you into my audible subscription. And I think that I've got an audible copy of it. So, OK, yeah, yeah. I also um, own the actually I don't even have to admit, have my mom mail me, me it if I want a physical copy. I'm going home in like a week. <laughs> all right. There's Thanksgiving and shit. Yep. And my cool. mom is turning 60. Yeah. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Happy Which birthday one? Your mom. Um, yeah. I mean, no. I could tell you her name, but it won't mean anything to you. Bounty is just a heavily My- awesome episode. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's so it's, good. It's, it's one of the best. I mean, so it's allegedly part of this four part arc, but it's also one of the best standalones they do. It's, it's, it's one of the episodes I would definitely, if I had to pick five individual ones to try to like get somebody interested in the series, it would probably be on the list. I love bounty hunters. I love them so much. They're so fucking cool. I can't imagine why anyone would want to be anything else. Why you would want to be a Jedi when you could literally be a bounty hunter and hang out with sexy aliens and do nefarious deeds. Guys, I'm going to make a fucking bounty hunter OC. (laughs) Don't at me. Nobody was being highbrow about the Phantom Menace when we were five. (laughs) No, I literally I had somebody be like, I hate the prequels like I won't even watch them they were they were like I saw Phantom Menace and I won't watch the other prequels and I'm literally like shut up just watch the Clone Wars oh my god this is or just like watch I mean how do you like I get the Phantom Menace isn't the greatest movie ever made but how do you if you are a child not get incredibly hyped up at the last sword fight like that's the coolest shit ever put to film when you're when I was the, like the pod racing scene is also very good. I'm All tired. Right, are we ready it's to get back to Darth yes. Maul? Brothers. Yeah, oh my god, we have to talk. Are you are you recording? We're recording. Okay, sexy. Yo, Darth Maul had spider legs. What the yep. fuck? And this whole time, so what when I was watching these episodes, Addie was watching them with me and she was like, she was like why are we watching these? We've watched these before. And I was like, mm, I don't think I watched these episodes, Addy. And she was like, no, we've seen these. And then Darth Maul comes up with spider legs. And I'm like, Addy, I have never fucking seen this before in my life. Yeah, I was this is like, not a water what? war situation where you memed it months earlier and forgot the entire plot of the episodes. Oh my God. I like, well, yeah, because water wars, I definitely like watched high or something. But I was like, no. No, I actually do think I'd remember yeah. this one. The, the design of, I think, I can't remember if the spider legs, I know the long horns come from a, a famous comic, um, which was like a sort of a what if story when it was just, it was what if Darth Maul came back and 
he looked very similar to this. It is wild seeing it on screen and having it him move like that. I have a lot of opinions about his design. If we want to talk about that real quick before we get into it. the so meat. Yeah, talk about um, it. My my thoughts about this episode are incredibly shallow, so go ahead with the meat and potatoes. I just don't the spider legs cool i actually really like this like weird interpretation of like he lost his legs this is a this is a problem we have to overcome like how does he get around garbage spider legs pretty cool okay like whatever i can work with that um he looks completely different than how he looks in the movie and i think that that is something like the all the other characters translate pretty well into yeah. the animated style of the clone wars this darth maul it's not even like oh he looks but like Savage, his facial structure looks more like the Darth Maul in um in Phantom Menace than Darth Maul looks like Darth Maul. His face is like very, and I get it, it's like it's been years, whatever. He's probably starving, but he's so skinny. His face is long. Like his he has a very like long, slender face. And if you look at pictures of like the Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, he looks he just looks so different. And it's fine. You can be like, yeah, but yeah. whatever. But And also, like, even the red coloring is different. Like, the red... And I get it. It's, like, animation versus, like, 80s makeup design. But it was so different. (laughs) My bad. This is not the original trilogy. I'm tired. Um, But it's just, like... It was so different, it took me out of it. Like, I I was sure... What do you think of his design when he gets sort of like put back together? Because I, I think he looks a little and that he looks different, but still he looks he weird retains. still. I his his legs freaks me out. How I, old is Maul at this point? Sorry. Thirty five. If we're going if he's like. So let's say he's I mean, he's anywhere. He's anywhere from his mid 30s to his early 40s. He's had a rough life. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, he's been a solid decade as half a dude slash a spider and living in now the trash. He's, now he's got like weird. I, I also I do not. I am also not a fan of those robot legs. Um, hi, cat Ahsoka. I will. It's funny. You have like I agree with you. And I think it's it is always fascinating to see uh, how they translate, because I'm, I'm sure that the design team took Ray Park's face and was like, how do we turn this into an animated person? Like since he was a live action character, I will say it's way more on the Anakin side of things where it's sort of like taking the idea of Darth oh, Maul on the Dooku side of things. That's true. Well, that's I mean, that's what they do with I dark mean, side characters. Yeah, they they take an idea of who they are. They push the boundaries more. It is a little weird. This is definitely a I I can only think of the later versions of his design just as a sort of like what appears in my head for animated mall. Yeah. But where they refine it a little bit more. Um, I do have a I because of this, I I can think of a design you're not going to like for him, but that's fine. (laughs) My opinions on this episode are hate the snake and the I hate the spaceship. I do not like it's one of the I do not like the design of that dumb tanker spaceship. It looks stupid. I don't know why it bugs me. I the other thing about this episode that I don't like this. This is like funny, right? Because I think that this episode in in terms of what it does is cool, like cool. Darth Maul is back. And that's a pretty much all it's fucking got going for it. I just felt like nothing actually happens in the episode. Like uh, Savage is like, okay, I'm going to go find Darth Maul. And then he finds him. One thing that I really dislike about this episode is this Yoda bit at the end where like he's like hmm Obi-Wan back the one who slayed your former apprentice he is and Obi-Wan's like what how and like this stuff is stuff that would be 
you know, put in at the beginning of the next episode. It serves fine there. Like, it serves absolutely no purpose. I do want to highlight, like, it's a good, I like Savage's dedication to his brother. We see Savage's loyalty sort of yeah. being, being He's toyed also funny. with. We see his loyalty being literally manipulated in his debut episodes. And I like the fact that he sort of chooses to be loyal to his brother in this series of episodes. Savage's agency is something I've been thinking about a lot while we have been doing the podcast. And it's an interesting his journey is way more interesting to me on the rewatch than it was as a child when he was just yellow Darth Maul. And I am seeing like that he's he even though he like is that's sure what he looks like, but his his journey is so much different. And it's really interesting to see them interact um, because Maul is nuts, but he's also incredibly driven. And Savage is very listless and doesn't really know what he wants. Mm-hmm. I really like Savage. I really he's, enjoy him. He's probably the character I've I've had the most like change of heart on while watching the series again for the podcast. Um, certainly for a character that is like a, a recurring regular um, appears in multiple seasons is important. Because mostly it's just like, I liked this as a kid and I still like it now. Or I hated this as a kid and I like the snake. Don't like the snake. Fuck that I guy. I don't like the snake. Yeah, and then I like, Obi-Wan, I like- Obi-Wan I, this has just not been Obi-Wan's season, my dude. No. <laughs> he gets, he spent like two, he spent, I mean like the whole back half of the season he's getting the shit kicked out of him. I remember this was discussed when it was airing. It's like Obi-Wan gets beat up in the Slaves of the Republic arc. He gets like psychologically and physically tortured. Then he has to go through like prison initiation and like being a bounty hunter and fighting. Now he has to fight the ghost of his original enemy who killed his dad. I love when they animate his hair out of place. Yeah, it started in this season. It started <laughs> he- with the shit getting kicked out of him in the slaves arc. I it's They're literally like. We want you to know that Obi-Wan is having a tough time. So he's got a little piece of his hair flying out of place. And it's just like, OK, all right, my sexy little man. Um, I think <laughs> that, I can assure you was also Calvin's reaction. <laughs> I just feel like I, I was thinking a lot about like what how would this how would this arc be different if Obi-Wan was still dead? And if the news around the galaxy was that Obi-Wan was dead, because that I think should have been like when you were talking about last episode, like the consequences of Obi-Wan. And it, and that was huge, right? Like he died and it was like everybody in the fucking galaxy knew that Obi-Wan, that, like that's a big deal. And so I don't know. I was thinking, like, how would this be different if Darth Maul gets his sanity back and then. Only to find out that the guy he wants to enact yeah. revenge on is Savage dead. Savage Press hasn't watched the news in a few weeks and is like, oh, sorry, that guy's dead. Sorry, that dude is a goner. Yeah, it I is, mean, you... S- I feel like he would still, like, you know, do the whole kill the innocent thing to get revenge on the Jedi Order, though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I think that would have been, like, a cool reveal of, like, he does all of this, like, terrible shit just at the Jedi, and then who shows up to put Darth Maul in his place but fucking Obi-Wan, and he'll right. be like, oh, that, I thought you were dead. I that would have been crazy. I really like that. I agree yeah. with you. Um, Dave Filoni, hit me up. <laughs> I don't mind the disconnectedness of Clone Wars a lot, especially because this arc is all about connections. It's all about following up. It like And in these episodes, we sort of, like, the, the brief cut back to Ventress in, in Brothers and, like, this... It, tying these episodes together as part of the overall sort of bigger Clone Wars story 
works really well. But I, I agree there. It would have been it would have been interesting to do something like that, to have Maul be surprised that Obi-Wan shows up rather than like doing it to get him because he he does a lot of stuff. I mean, this isn't I feel like this isn't a spoiler to say he's still mad at Obi-Wan when we yeah, see him. No. Next. <laughs> yeah, I would assume. So um, it, is, it is interesting. And yeah, I, I remember. So this wasn't really. I don't remember. I don't know if I would say controversial, but definitely like a head scratcher of a series of episodes when it aired, because we're just I mean, like Calvin and I, we're just sort of used to the idea that Darth the idea that Darth Maul survived like he's there have been stories with him for the better part of a decade now. Mm -hmm. So like the idea that he's kicking around in this era is not like anything new to us. But like this was big when it happened and it made no sense really it's just one of the star wars things you sort of have to accept and move on because they don't ever really give a great explanation for how he survived being cut in half aside from his rage which like fair enough it's star wars like we're not i'm not here for hard sci-fi i can accept that the man who looks like the devil survived on his rage but this was definitely a a bit of wondering what Clone Wars was doing and whether it would stick the landing, which given what's to come seems kind of funny in retrospect. I just also couldn't get over like he keeps being like my legs. I'm like, bruh, your whole ass is gone. Like any sort of like junk he had gone. I'm just like, bro, you have a lot more to worry about than your fucking legs. And the whole episode, I just kept thinking about like, how does he poop? Also, why like, he has the spider he? legs. The the thing about the design of the spider legs is he has the, you know how the, I don't know what it's called. The spider sack, the spider butt. Yeah. Why does he have this spider abdomen? He just has the, like, what purpose does it serve? Balance, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that I think logistically is probably what it would, it would balance out his top half so he wouldn't fall over. But I mean, it's, it's just there to make him look like a spider. Just like underscore yeah. the spideriness of him. There's no like there's not a whole lot of sense in the mall stuff, especially this early mall st Clone Wars stuff. Like y you just sort of have to take everything at face value and move on. Yeah. And luckily, the face value is fun. Like, yeah. he's chewing the scenery. This is the debut of uh, Sam Witwer as Darth Maul, who we have already heard in Clone Wars. He voiced the son in the Mortis arc. Oh, and is fantastic as Maul. Yeah, Sam uh, Witwer is, has a long and colored history as a Star Wars voice actor. Yes, he was in he was in a very uh, polarizing video game, but that he was also quite good in back in 2008, uh, which is <laughs> way too long ago. The Force but, Unleashed. Yeah, that that <laughs> is. I was like Lego Star Wars. No, and the, the fourth un no, Force Unleashed is sort of yeah, Force Unleashed point. isn't really coverable under the scope of where the podcast is right mm -hmm. now. It might be interesting to bring up in terms of Jedi Fallen Order. I've never played it. I just know what was controversial about it. There's a there's a alien lady you'd be into in it, uh, yeah. but that's sort of it's. I think I mentioned this on another episode of the podcast. It's from the era of like the Star Wars comics where every Every female character was wearing a crop top and had enormous boobs. Yeah. Like, I know that's cool. It was, I mean, it was definitely for coming from a more misogynist place, but it is just food for you. Ooh, yay, misogyny. <laughs> See, it's, you gotta ask, like, what can misogyny do for well, you? Well, and so it's all these, like, accidentally really 
gay looking female characters where it's just like she's a badass and she kicks butt and oh. she does it in skimpy clothes and it's like that's a whole lesbian you've created I, and you don't even know it i love it because they try to give them like badass haircuts like oh she's edgy and it's like that's just a lesbian <laughs> that looks like the girl i saw at trader joe's yesterday like okay i have one last thing to say about this arc and it's that obi-wan and Ventress heart oh yeah this was yeah. a very fun version of their dynamic I love how disgusted he is when he picks up her lightsaber. He's like, it's fucking fucking real. (laughs) Such a good line. Yeah. Oh my god. Obi-Wan is so good. Obi-Wan, the thing about Obi-Wan. Honestly, him and Ventress should be should just be friends now. Like Yes. 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 She doesn't she doesn't work for his enemy anymore. She changed jobs. Obi-Wan already like canonically does underworld stuff all the time. So like just and I think actually doesn't Dark Disciple does a little bit of this, right? Yeah, like the, it does. Their, with their knowledge. Okay. I was talking to Andy in the break that I haven't read Dark Disciple in like many years, so I've actually forgotten the plot of it. All I know is the ending. Mm-hmm. But they should get coffee. They should hang out. They should be buddies. Yeah. No reason not to. No reason not to. Yeah. Oh um, no, I don't have it on Audible. What I did was I had um gotten it on Overdrive, which is like the ebook slash audiobook renting from the library app so yeah okay i'll bring my copy Rent it back from your local library I'll the ebook it. or the fine. audiobook um okay i want to talk about lux now oh yeah lux so fucking bonterry is lux back bonterry and we Yo. meet the guerreras okay i know i talk shit about him at the beginning of the episode but i also want to say that lux was kind of like i was kind of feeling lux in these episodes yes it's by far boring, his best episodes but, mm-hmm. but he had moments and I, there were moments where i was like in the right circumstance, he's sexy. Like in the right circumstance, he. Well, and he his could character arc is is culminating with this is pretty from like rich, from like spoiled rich like, kid. You know, goes to spoiled rich kid doesn't know anything about politics. It tries to become a rebel, tries to become a radical, and then now instead of like fucking around looking for revenge and dealing with wrong people, he goes to liberate his homeworld. Good for him. Yeah, and like I honestly kind of always forget the fact that Mina Bonteri was the senator for Onderon, and uh, like that, and like it is the fact. Yeah, that I Lux had to look is it going up. back to liberate his homeworld because like i honestly kind of keep thinking that lux is just like helping a random rebel syndicate do their thing but no it is lux going and saving his homeworld yeah Um, and i i like that because lux is is high class the son of a senator but he all he's in the down and dirty with the very working class coded guerreras and the rest of the rebel army they're named after che guevara uh i'm fairly certain like that's there there's class conflict encoded into every aspect of Saw Gerrera, especially they lean into it in when he shows back up again, which I will say he will. Spoilers. Sexy. Um, if I don't yeah. tell Andy when it is, it can't be spoilers. Uh, yeah, but I also enjoy doing a River Song impersonation, so. That is true. Uh, Honestly, Saw Gerrera might be Star Wars River Song at this point. Yeah. He's just fucking everywhere. I'm trying to think. I like Ahsoka. I liked Ahsoka being kind of jealous and then like getting over it and being friends with Lux. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm yeah. hoping she's done with this phase. And I that loved she's gonna Anakin's find her girlfriend. when Anakin called her and was yes. like, you're hung up. You got to as much as Anakin is the galaxy's biggest hypocrite. He is actually, I think, passing some good advice on to Ahsoka. And I think there's a bit of growth from like that 
19 year old attack of the clones anakin where he knows that that wasn't entirely the best way to go about things and it has gotten him into some shit i mean this mirrors the moment when and on in the speeder when obi-wan's like no don't go back for padme like stay and do your duty when Um, padme falls off in the on genosis i just remember that how they scream that scene (laughs) <laughs> Hayden yeah. Christensen and Ewan McGregor like it just it seems like George Lucas was holding up a fan in front of them like louder um I just I like that Anakin was basically like Ahsoka your Anakin is showing yeah, he's like ah and and <laughs> it's gonna be a phrase that shows is, up in the next it is a funny episodes. well so but it's it's like Clone Wars plays very coy with who has figured out the Anakin and Padme thing and I, I enjoy sort of trying to like track who I can tell definitely knows at certain points. And I don't think I can I don't think I can say my list, but I do know. I do think I know who knows at this point. I don't know. I think Obi-Wan knows. I think Yoda knows. Maybe it's I think so Bail good, Organa knows is my fun one. Is it Bail Organa fucking dead? No, no, no. no Bail Organa is alive for another <laughs> several years of the universe. I went, no, no, he's he was the he's the guy with the goatee. And he's Padme's no, friend. And he, I like, know Bail Organa. I thought he, he was several the guy times who died in. Um, there was another senator who died. Who am I yeah. thinking of? Anaconda Far, the Rodian guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah he got poisoned. Bad. He was he he also had his Doctor Who, Doctor Who side character like he was in enough episodes. That it's like, yeah. oh, you're fucking toast. That's that's just like, was that like Padme's like uncle or something? Yeah, one of Padme's yeah. mentors in the Senate. Um, I like honestly that Padme has a bunch of friends and like she's just she's nice and everybody likes her. It's a fun. Right. Bill Argonne is a human, correct? Bill Argonne yes, is, is a, like a, human a human with a goatee. Right. Um, okay. And he has several times encountered Padme. He's I think encountered Padme and Anakin enough times to have clocked it. Well, um, he, he saw ne- her he's- with Anakin's lightsaber, right? Yeah. He would yeah. never ever say anything. He's he's a G because but, he's that uh, good of a friend of Padme. Yeah, sorry, he's not I fully had to evict my cat from my room. I love a circle, no, I know. but like, yeah. I saw you just like get up and we we're like, okay, we'll continue with the conversation. Yeah, I do. A, a little thing I like about these episodes, I like Rex's dumb revolutionary outfit. He looks so stupid in those goggles. I really forget that Rex in these episodes. I, I love. Yeah, his I mean, line. he's just. It's an interesting thing to think about in term in context of like what what they're doing because this is. If you're going to tie it to the real world, this is funding the Taliban. Like, this is exactly what the U.S. did. And, like, we sort of know that it's probably going to work out okay, even though it is... I always laugh every time there's a like we need to restore the good monarchy plot line. It's it is a staple of kids shows to this day. And I know that. And it's like fine to root for the good king. It just makes me laugh. It's like, no, you idiots. Start a democracy. Start something a little bit more representative. You're already the socialist revolutionaries. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um and I, I think this is, I think with Saw and Stila, this is one of the better, like we introduce these characters and they go through a mini arc over the episodes that they're in while we still like serve our main characters. Um, Steel is great. Her death is a great tragedy. This is so when I watched this for the first time, I was a teenager at this point and I had seen four seasons of increasingly fucked up Clone Wars and I didn't think they could shock me anymore. And how well done the scene is when Ahsoka gets shot and drops her Mm -hmm. is so good. It's heartbreaking. It's one of the best like sort of single scenes just in terms of the animation acting sound design because they like dampen the sound, which always gets me music all good. 
and oh, and was Saw shoots the gunship that ends up that crashes and shoots Ahsoka. So it's mm-hmm. just all kinds of fucked up causality, and honestly, very Doctor Who. I'm I'm here for it. I'm glad that like this. It's sad that Steela died, but like I'm glad that Saw is the one who survived. He's the one I found a little more interesting, <laughs> and she's pretty, and but she's very much like I don't know. Her vibes were off. There's not. I don't know. No, I don't mean to be talking shit about this dead girl. She was cute. She was cool. There's something like fucked up about Saw. You know what I mean? Like there's something yes, wrong with I, him. That's what that's I remember. Is alive. that I think Steela is the one who presents as more of like the the better natural leader mm-hmm. and the better natural leader for something other than war. And well, it's sort of an uh, an inversion of what's with the clones is what happens to us when the war is over. And uh, we'll see what happens with Saw Gerrera, who is a natural fighter. What happens when the war is over and what happens to a man who is like really good at violence? It is a Clone Wars. <laughs> I guess. It does. Well, it's a seven-season well, so, TV show, well, so and we're in season say, five, so at yes, some at point, point they're gonna end. Yes. Yeah, so the war the does war? end. But I was talking about I was talking about the specific war on Onderon. Oh, oh Saw Gerrera lives in peace now, allegedly, with the separatists gone, having rejoined dead. the Republic. Yeah, having rejoined the Republic. But like his, I, I, we do not get this story. We don't see him before the war ends. But I would love to have just a small, quiet story about Sagarera trying to like put his life back together. I personally didn't find him all that compelling until his sister died. I'm I think sorry. that's the hook for me. What I'm literally Are you just- like crying. <laughs> yeah, you I'm actually like. Yes, the Clone Wars at one point end. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> no, listen, because you said a lot of things and I have been thinking about this though. The name of the, the, what we're watching is Star Wars. What we're watching right now is Clone Wars, which means that this one ends and there's going to be another another there are war. more wars. Yeah, I I do have um, bad news for you if you were hoping for Star Peace. It's no no no, it's just that I'm like but who who what What's the what's the war though? You know what I mean. I'm like. I promise to you, it will be explained. We cannot. We cannot tell you. We are like legally bound not to tell you. And I don't think it would make a whole lot of sense if we did. Um, Although Calvin and I, I think, are laughing because of things we cannot say. Yeah. I just like literally Um, like had real tears in my eyes, guys. I was like, oh my! I just realized this isn't it. There's oh, going to be something also, else. Uh, so there's another year's worth of content for us to record. I mean, like I did. I, know. Uh, I did think I wanted to mention that the action in this arc is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, all the battle scenes aren't because Clone Wars is sort of clone versus droid battles got a little boring by this point, And this is very engaging in its action scenes. Yeah, seeing how, and well, also the fact that they were like, here are the techniques to use when fighting the droids. And then they actually got to fight the droids. You got to see them do the techniques. That was just like very satisfying to watch. By the end, they're doing it like the back of their hand. It's like, it's, it's, it's excellent. It's such good sort of background, like sort of mob character development. I do also really like the scene where they're going to execute the king. And at a certain point, Ahsoka's like, fuck it. And just intervenes Mm -hmm. Um, um, which is an incredibly ahsoka thing to do 
Y'all, did this feel a lot like the lemur episode, though, where they were like, we're going to train you to fight to defend yourself. I was like, man, they were like, the lemur well, episode is the, not it anymore. And the bounty gotta- hunter episode where they did seven samurai, yep, like the, yep. they uh-huh. train the townsfolk. And this is sort of this is an Part interesting three. sort of moral. <laughs> but like it's it's they had that debate at the beginning of like, do we fund do we fund revolutionaries when we are not or do like if we can't do a republic invasion, do we fund the local army? What do we do? And I thought their solution was interesting, which was to send the Maverick Jedi and Obi-Wan to do it. And it it had spectacular results. They reclaimed Onderon for the Republic. No clone involvement. Um, they only had to hire Hondo once, I which was him. funny. He's great. Um, I love I, that Hondo is just like a recurring. I'm going to talk about this later. <laughs> yeah, because he he's he he will show up again soon and he's a fantastic he's so different in every time he shows up but so like consistent in his character but also like i love we've gotten villain hondo and comedy hondo and i i liked getting full comedy hondo like well i'm leaving i've sold you your guns i'm not getting shot at good luck with your revolution so one thing I did want to mention in terms of as my recurring role as uh, I've read too much of the wiki, although this isn't even my fault for reading the wiki. I had the comics where Onderon was introduced. Onderon dates back to the 90s when Star Wars mm-hmm. didn't have a lot going on. There were these comics called Tales of the Jedi that were set like 5,000 years before the prequels in like very like sort of prehistoric Jedi. It's some of the wildest design work Star Wars has ever had. I love it. And one of the big plots was a war involving the Sith and the Jedi on the planet of Onderon with the walled city of Isis and the, the uh, beast riders as sort of an outsider people who live outside the city. And so I personally love that we got to see that sort of translated on screen because it's a cool concept for a planet. I really dig the, I just, I dig Onderon. It's a, it's a good planet concept. I think it's fun when Star Wars takes interesting things from its own past and then tells a better story with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like the, the story of Tales of the Jedi is nothing to write home about, but the design work is awesome. And so it was really fun to see it represented with better characters like Lux, the Guerreras, even the even the sh- even the good king and the shitty king who are just like archetypes. They're fun. I love that the shitty king just gets shot on his own throne <laughs> by his own. Yeah. By his own. Droids. By Kalani, the, the droid general. Yeah. Although I've never understood why that tactical droid has a name. Yeah. I like him better. You've kind of, yeah, at this point, you've kind of like known tactical droids to just kind of be introduced only to fail, you know? That's true. Yeah. Ever since, I mean, they, there was the one that was the spotlight sort of bad guy of the week in the Ryloth episodes, but he got beat up. Yeah. And that, yeah, they're. Because the separatists have to lose a decent amount of the time to, yeah. like, and of course, we only the show get to see depressing. the separatists lose. Because I do, I don't remember. It's probably ha- like often in the intro, the narrator will go as losses pile up for the republic, and then we watch them win. And I've always found that a little funny. That like, of course, we don't watch the losses because it would be kind of a downer. It's uh-huh. not always as good storytelling, but I've. I always find it funny that the Clone Wars series shows the Republic definitively winning the war, whereas in canon, it's at best a stalemate and at worst, the Republic are losing. Very true. Which is why well, yeah. they have to do crazy shit like this on Onderon, because they don't they don't have the resources to fight the war on every front. I don't have anything else to say. 
Yeah. This keep, an eye out for, keep an eye out for Saw Gerrera. Woo! Yeah, I will my, say so. He was an interesting, so weird man. He was a George Lucas original for the for the original live action series that never got made. There was like a mythical live action series that Lucasfilm was developing <laughs> at, for like the better part of from 2005 till they were sold by Disney. And one of the characters that was created for it was Saw Gerrera, and George grabbed him off that development and chucked him in this episode. Um, was like, hey, let's do the backstory for this guy. So he was an a a George original who then I will say has been one of the one of the characters that the new canon under the uh, I hate to say under Disney because it's still Lucasfilm, but under the new regime and the new strategy of making content was one who was used a decent amount. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun connection between the oldest era of sort of like this Star Wars television storytelling and the new stuff. You'll see what that means in like six months. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, for our next time on First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, we do a couple of very light arcs. Um, oh, yeah, this is going to yeah. be a short episode. Yeah, um, we do the gathering arc, which is episodes 506 to 509. Uh, that's the gathering test of strength, bound for rescue and the necessary bond. And then we have one of my least favorite arcs in the entire Clone Wars run. I don't know. I just kind of. I hate WAC 47 so much, guys. Secret weapons, a sunny day in the void, missing in action, a point of no return. Yes. It's funny because I will say it's fun thing is that Calvin's most hated arc. It is four episodes, which it doesn't need to be. But also like it's the main character is R2 and Calvin hates it. Hey. Yeah. No, it's it's just like I. It's you not become, because of R2 that I hate you. R2 is awesome Andy. in these episodes, but also... <laughs> There's stuff to talk about, though. There's stuff to talk about. We can talk about it next time. I just... Yeah. I hate WAC 47 so much. Um, Before I say swag, I do just want to... Hey, anybody who works on Star Wars, my name is Andy Livingston. I'm an actor. Please hire me to... I applied to, for a, an internship at Lucasfilm once. Oh, I remember that. Please hire me to... Please hire me to be either in something or better, what I would prefer would be to uh right so please hit me up i i promise you i will help you i will help you you made a lot of mistakes in clone wars that i definitely would have caught um so i'm just letting you know that if you you want to avoid mistakes like that in the future please feel free to hire me just just dm us on instagram sexy swag swag may the force be with you Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot.